0: In this episode of Women Taking the Lead, I'm speaking with Dennis Giannoutsis on women leading into the future.
1: So how can we be equipped to be able to lead in that kind of environment that's always changing that ambiguity, that unfamiliar side of things? I think that the quote or the statement of get comfortable, be comfortable with the uncomfortable, I think is just the the, what, the great thing that we need to do. And if we can help more women leaders become comfortable with the uncomfortable, And lead that. I think that's going to be great.
0: Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead. I am here with Dennis Giannoutsis. Dennis is the CEO and founder of Leading Change Partners, an organization that transforms business and leaders to lead a bigger game in a disruptive world. A highly respected international facilitator and executive coach, he is the host of the podcast, Leadership is Changing. Dennis is a professional with 30 years experience successfully working in the business and human resource space. He's a strong leader and communicator that has the ability to articulate, connect, and work with all levels of an organization. Dennis was the global delivery lead, executive development, and top talent programs for Hewlett-Packard, a Fortune 20 company. Dennis is also the co-author of a book called Secrets of Inspiring Leaders Exposed, and he is currently writing another book on leadership. Dennis, that is just a little overview of you. If you could tell everyone a little bit more about yourself, what you're up to in the world, and maybe a little teaser about this book you're working on.
1: Oh, Jody, great to be here with you and your listeners. Uh, thanks for having me here. And um, just really proud of what you're doing out in the market there with uh, with women and leadership and so forth. So, so well done. It's really great to see you and, and what you're doing and achieving. So well done. <laughs> hey, um, thanks. Yeah, just a little bit about ground uh, from me. You might understand or hear my accents a little bit different to maybe some <laughs> other guests that you have on here. I come from New Zealand Um we, I grew up in New Zealand, born and grew up in New Zealand here. My dad came from the country of Greece and came to New Zealand about 61 years ago where he met mum. And uh, I, I was born and grew up here in New Zealand. And, you know, uh, New Zealand, a great com- uh, country and uh, I was going to say company, country <laughs> and a uh, great place to live. And of course, we, we're one of the countries in the world that sees the sun first and also is uh, a day ahead of most other countries as well. So just great to be able to be leading in front, which is always a good thing for us. As a, which is cool. So um, just a little bit more about my background. I mean, I was in the IT industry where I was in the HR space. I moved about 17 years ago into the uh, into the HR space because I thought there wasn't enough good enough or good enough leaders out there. There wasn't enough, and um, and even today. I think a lot of leaders struggle um, in different levels of organizations, businesses, entrepreneurs, and so forth. And what I found is if I can help them a little bit, just one thing that they could do differently to go out and change their life, their business, their team, their organization, then that's a great thing. And, and so that's why I've sort of dedicated my life to, to continue to do that um, and, and around that space, which is which is really cool. So I, I love doing that. But you know, sometimes in life, uh, life sort of—we don't make a decision in life; uh, don't make a deliberate decision. Sometimes life sort of helps us with that decision. I've been wanting to leave the corporate world to go out and do my own business for many years. And um, about uh, ten years ago, my voice started to change, and we noticed that every year it started to get more raspy or croaky, if I can pull it that way, and. And um, specialists call it breathy. And uh, if you think about Tony Robbins as the motivational speaker, his voice is quite raspy. And it was worse than that. And here I was doing one-day, three-day, five-day events, trying to get my voice out there. And people saying to me, are you sick? And I'm like, no. And they're like, wow, what's going on? I said, I don't, don't know. So long story short, I got to a situation whereby four years ago, I had a tumor removed from my left vocal cord. What I didn't know, and I'm not sure whether the listeners know, is that our vocal cords close 160 times per second. And um, it's really fascinating to see. And, of course, they're closed for us to allow us to swallow, and they're also close to make noise. And even if you just do a little bit of a <clears throat> that kind of noise or a cough, that sort of that close as well. And um, what I thought was my life's over, my job's over, um, and my lifesaver as an executive coach facilitator, you know, I don't have another tool like a forklift or a hammer or a, something like that. The voice is the tool. And I thought, wow, it's it's over. And so I had it removed and they were worried because it was on the, uh, on the uh, nerve of the vocal cord and it could be paralyzed. And so once it was removed, it came back as being benign mm. and uh, being non-cancerous. And it was like, wow, whew, I've been given a second chance in life. And so... It was like, okay, it's a wake-up call for me, and it's time to make that decision to go out and leave the corporate world and go out and do my own business. And that's what I've been doing for the last three years, out in my own business and doing the executive coaching facilitation and, of course, the podcast. And that was why I launched the podcast. Uh, When we went into lockdown over a year ago, um, I thought, I'm not going to sit around and wait. So ten months ago, it actually lot went live, and um, you know it's going it's going really well. And so leadership is changing is the topic, and it's very, very, very exciting and uh, and great to have guests like you, Jody. I had you on on there as well as a guest, and um, it's really wonderful to meet people around the world, speak to them about leadership and change, and so forth, and what's happening, and then helping other people with their voice of impact as well.
0: Mm, Dennis, that was beautiful, and yes, I had a great time on your podcast. It is enlivening to me to speak with somebody else who's as passionate. And, and in your case, I'm like, hmm, maybe more passionate than I am about <laughs> leadership and helping people, right, step mm-hmm. into uh, their um, best self as a leader, yep. like really seeing that and Thank, you know, I'm constantly saying the power of technology allows me to speak to people all over the world, and here we are just about as far away as we possibly get from each other, um, and it's just amazing. I am. We are recording this. I am in the uh, late afternoon on a Monday, and Dennis is now experiencing Tuesday morning, so that is just just mind-blowing that we're able to see each other too and have this conversation. So Dennis, part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on is one, you're brilliant and you are fantastic to talk to and you have this... bird's eye view. Is that correct? Like you have the, even closer, you have this intimate knowledge of leadership training and development programs. You have facilitated and delivered programs all over the world for many different companies. I said, I did it too. Countries and companies, they just flow like many companies in different countries. So populations differ. And I thought, wow, this would be, a really interesting person to have this conversation with. So I have some questions for you. So if you're willing to play along, we can roll with them.
1: Let's go.
0: Okay. Without revealing any of your trade secrets, can you give me a high-level overview of the training and development programs you provide and what outcomes you're looking for? What are the deliverables that you're looking to see?
1: Yeah, I think in this disruptive world today, you know, I, I see a lot of leaders going from email to email, meeting to meeting, and many of them are not changing quick enough. So they're running the risk of being left behind, them as a leader, or also their organization. And, um, you know, we even if we think about the codex of the years of, before, right, they didn't go with the digital solution, they got left behind. So what I do is I do a lot of executive coaching facilitation to help leaders lead change, which is really important. There's one thing whereby you go through change as an individual, but then how do you lead that change as well and help the organization, the team, and so forth go through it? So that's really important. Uh, number two is then how do you be resilient around that? How do you stand up as a leader going forward? So that's one side of things. The other thing is is around helping businesses and leaders transform to be able to lead the change. But then how do they do it with confidence? How do they do it with a, an executive presence? a leadership presence or an entrepreneur presence that's up front that instills confidence, that instills the ability to be able to uh, communicate and connect with their audiences and take them on the journey. Their audience could be the public. Their audience could be stakeholders, customers, their own team, right? And so that's what I've been able to do. So I do the executive coaching around it, facilitation around strategy, leading change, and so forth, as I said before, but then there's also something else I've been doing of, of, of the last couple of years. But it's actually, if I look at over my career of coaching and that over you know 30 years almost, it's quite interesting to see how a lot of people are wanting to move forward and doing something else. And with a pandemic, what we've seen is that it's been really emphasized a lot. And so I've got to work with a lot of people and helping them take that next step of their career. In other words, going to do another role with another company in another country. Or they're going to go and do and start a business. And, um, you know, what we see now is a lot of people wanting to start a new business, but they don't know what they want to do. They've got this idea and then that idea and then another idea, and then they just get a little bit confused. So what I do is I help them be very clear on where they're going, what they're wanting to do, and then help them stand that up, uh, which has been fantastic to do. So um, I... I have stepped back and thought about things a lot and and something I've come up with was like an executive blueprint for success and it's seven steps. In fact I call it the Ionian blueprint uh, executive blueprint for success and then and, and the Ionian is the the island that my dad is from in Greece is in the Ionian Sea. Mm. And there's actually seven islands, main islands and there's a whole lot of the small ones but the seven main islands and my blueprint's got seven steps. And so each step is associated with an island. And um, the island is below Corfu. So, uh, with the death of Prince Philip in the UK uh, in recent times, um, he was born on that island. And so, Dad's island is very close to it. And so, I've come up with that blueprint just to be a little bit different than your normal, oh, you know, here's another blueprint. And everyone goes, another oh, you're great. seven
0: step process. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. blah.
1: <laughs> and I think the big thing here is it's not the seven step process it's not the executive coaching it's not just whatever uh, the st- facilitation what it is that's really important is what people do with it going forward so even if they take one two or three things that they've learned insights learnings observations and they put that in place yeah and they put that into action that's when you go cool this is this has been of a lot of value right and so I think a lot of people, Jody, is that they're looking for this magic blue or red pill. They take this pill and they're really successful in what they're doing. And I, it doesn't work that way. And uh, what do you mean it doesn't work that way? It doesn't work that way. And you've got to help people understand that. But, you know, if they can take that one thing and do something with it, it could be life-changing for them, their team, or their organisation.
0: Yes, I've seen it. And I'm sure many of my listeners have seen it. When you just take that one thing, that one takeaway from whatever it is you are doing, the retreat, the training, the workshop, and you you actively put it into practice, that can be life-changing. And what I'm hearing in um, the clients who typically come to you and that you're seeing, they're in this mode of almost like survival mode, like Gotta get Mm -hmm. through these emails, gotta get through the next meeting, gotta get through the next board presentation, gotta 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 gotta. And that's not a good environment for creativity, (laughs) for you know, innovation, for any of that. It's just survival. And so it's no wonder that a lot of these leaders are in a place where it's like, we have to make changes and I'm I'm not feeling inspired like new ideas are not coming to me so it's wonderful that you can provide that space for them to take a step back okay halt checking all the emails halt racing from meeting to meeting to meeting half of them you probably don't even need to attend yep and take the time to like get quiet Go through a process that you put them through to ask themselves those questions, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I and I can imagine what the questions are. You know, there are a lot of high impact questions, and we don't have to do all of them. Even just a few to get us thinking about what could we be doing differently. And it sounds like okay, the outcome that you're looking for is just you know without you know having it. It's not like you have to be like wow, and now you're this you know model CEO and you're perfect. It's like you've put things into action. You've learned some things, you've scaled up, you're, you're a better leader now than you were a day or two ago. And really, I mean, I, I'm going to say this and I think you're going to agree with me. A lot of times people worry about the end destination and why I'm not there yet when really they would be better served to focus on what's the next right step. What could Mm. I do right now in this moment? And if you build on that, the next right step, eventually you're at your goal before you knew it, but we can get lost in analysis paralysis or just feeling bad about the fact that we're not at the goal yet. If we're only focusing on the goal, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I I agree. And I like like what you're saying about that whole analogy. And then there's the other side as well, whereby they might want to do things right. And it's not, well, do you want to do things right? You want to do the right thing. Um, so it's it's, yeah. it's depending on what and and so I think a lot of people going back to what you say about the paralysis side of things they want it to be perfect and it's never going to be perfect you can't be the perfect CEO in fact the world is asking leaders not to be perfect yeah. they're asking people to be real be authentic human. Yes. exactly human right be vulnerable be that transparent leader while also being the leader that's going to be the rock or the person that's going to lead the, the organization forward. And what we've seen in, uh, with the pandemic side of things, is really emphasized those who are real, true leaders and those who've just got a title. Mm-hmm. And some of them haven't even stepped up, and some of them haven't even showed up. And then there's the other side whereby there's leaders who don't even have the title, but they have stepped up as leaders, and we've seen some really great things come from them. And so, you know, I, I just think that a lot of leaders need to sort of be, get a little bit real about things. And as you were talking about before, the emails and the meetings and so forth, I just, I just say, hey, come on, stop. Just just breathe, will you? Just just mm-hmm. take some time out. Let's get you some thinking space because you've got to be able to think through things. But no, you know, I'm a leader and I don't have time. Well, you're going to have to make time because if you don't, what we tend to do is we tend to be in that fight-flight fight, fight flight mode and we tend to make things or decisions that are maybe not the right ones or we react rather than be proactive now, a lot of this, Jody, the what you're talking about and what I'm talking about is really easy to say, but it's not always easy to do, right? No, and, no. and so we just need a little bit of practice at it or a little bit of work. But if we can have that space <laughs> to be able to think a little bit, just a little bit, and get into a situation whereby we are calm, we are then in control, then that's going to be putting us into a great, great position for us to lead going forward.
0: A hundred percent. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of self-coaching that goes on here. <laughs> in my own oh, yeah. head because mm-hmm. I catch myself doing the same things I'm helping my clients to step yeah. out of like tendencies like I have a lot of the same tendencies the difference is I have a toolbox you know full of things and self-coaching questions I can ask myself to quickly get out of that space but that's not to say I don't find myself there in my in email box like getting overwhelmed going from sure. meeting to meeting to meeting right but the importance is knowing that okay. I do, before I can tackle this next thing, I need to slow down in between meetings. I need to transition. I need to let the last meeting go so that I can be fully present for the next meeting. Right. And just having those practices really can completely change your day. Your day can be just as busy as it was yesterday, but your experience of the day and your, the presence you bring to your day com- can completely change. And that yep. the impact is just can be substantial. Okay, Dennis. Now I'm I'm putting my um an, a new hat on, and the the lens I'm coming from is uh, you know those leaders within organizations that are in charge of training and development or talent. You know, I, I'm curious um, what you have identified as the key components of training and development now in you know from the lens of women taking the lead particularly for women leaders
1: mm. I've over my career worked with or well, for a lot of women leaders right I've I, a lot and in the HR space this tends to tends to be a lot more women leaders than say male and I I have thoroughly enjoyed it and I think it's it's it's, it's fantastic um, and I know that the the women leaders that I've worked with either myself coaching them, or they being part of the training programs or facilitation I've done, or that I've reported into, they have, um, there's certain common themes that I keep seeing. And one of them is in this digital world today, um, they need to be confident. They need to have this executive presence. And I've seen some women leaders who have tried to be something they're not. And it's like, well, you, you don't actually need to go down that track because they're very talented they just need to bring their game to the table of what they're really good at, if I can use it as a game as a metaphor. And they just need to understand what game they want to play and at what level and then get out there and go for it. And um, and I think confidence, that executive presence to be able to stand and be able to, to do things really well is great. But in conjunction with then communicating, but not just communicating, connecting. Mm. And, you know, we, we actually had... Um, uh, I'll give you an analogy here. We actually had in our organisation we had a male uh, uh, CEO, and uh, he was he was there for several years, and then he was he was removed, and then we had a new uh, CEO, and he came on board, and he was only there for nine months. So when your organisation goes from a, around about an eighty dollar sort of share price down to around about a fourteen dollar share price, you're in trouble. Yeah. And so when you're in trouble, what do you do? That's right, you give it to a female. And uh, we actually had a woman CEO come on board and uh, Meg Whitman's her name and she came on board and it was the best thing that we did because she turned that organization around. do you know what it's like when somebody comes in and they do things for one year, two years and they're off and they implement a whole lot of stuff and, and they're not there for the whole period. She was there for the whole period. Mm-hmm. And so within five years, she turned that business around. Why? Because she had this executive presence up front. She had the ability to connect with the audience, being Customers, stakeholders, the staff. She was able to connect with them. Fantastic. Then there's another piece I think uh, a lot of women leaders need to think about. It's not just today's role that they're doing. What are they doing today to set them up for not the next role, but the next two or three roles? What are they doing today to set themselves up? Because if they can set themselves up in that space, then they're actually aiming for higher stuff, which is great. But then it's actually going to help them close whatever those gaps are and work on those gaps, which is going to help their role today as well. Right. And I think there's so I think there's three things around the executive presence, around confidence, communicating versus and connecting with their audience. And the third thing was, you know, it's not just this role that you're doing today, it's the next two or three roles that you're doing. And what are you doing to set yourself up for success?
0: Completely agree with everything you said. And I've heard it said time and time again that women need to be more than competent. Right. We have to build up that confidence because competent means we can do the job. Confidence exudes to others and sends the message to others that we can do the job and they can feel comfortable with us doing the job. And that last piece you said, I completely agree. And I often talk about there are foundations of leadership that are required at every level of leadership. But the key is you have to get better and better at those things as you rise through the ranks, so to speak. You know, things like communicating, facilitating conflict resolution, you Mm -hmm. know, knowing what the priorities are, things like that. You have to constantly be building those skills. So looking at where you want to be two or three roles down the line can definitely raise the stakes and get you to really hone those skills now because Even if you're a frontline manager, if you have those, the skills of a CEO to do those things, wow, it's so easy for you to do your job and make an impact, which will only benefit you in the years to come. So there are immediate benefits to that. And I love that. So Dennis, tell me about some of the wins you've had as a result of the women you've worked with going through your training system. I love hearing some of the stories.
1: Yeah, cool. I, I'm I'm not going to mention names, uh, just for for their of sake. Course, but I'm yes. um, What I'm going to do is just talk about one or two in particular. So we, we, in the HP side of things, we did a lot around talent development. And so it was identifying the talent, but then actually developing them over various programs, which was great to see. Um, then they were, of course, coached one-on-one. And then outside of that, also working with people today in relation to where they want to go and so forth, or actually then helping them go on to do other things and what's been really wonderful to see is that it may not be today that you've seen them go on off to do something but it's maybe several years later but you know you've had a hand in actually helping them move forward or get some insights or you've gone and think about their journey that they they came up with when you' were working with me and then you could see where they've ticked off various things to go and do that has been very pleasing to see. The the other thing is that some of them actually have gone off to be very senior positions, and some of them have just been announced uh, into senior roles globally, uh, which has been quite cool. So, I've seen people gone from their local offices where they might be if they're working for a multinational and uh, a global organisation, then have gone into a regional role, but now they've gone into global roles, which is very good to see that happen. And then there's others who have gone from global roles to go off and start their own business, or they've gone to a smaller uh, scale-wise organization, but a more senior role. Um, and so it's more senior, but it's uh, the scale of the organization smaller. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen a lot of that happen for people I've worked with, and um, it's really great. The, the big one here for me is to see somebody who is – there have been some people who I've worked with who haven't really had the confidence or they weren't sure, and then by just working with them, it's been really big. The the biggest one I think for me I see is that some of them have actually come to me and said they've had this imposter syndrome. And I'm like, oh, I know what you're talking about. And they go, what do you mean? I says, well, I've had it as well. Others have had it. It's just it's, it's something that's real. And it's that fear that uh, of going in our mind about are we going to be good enough for it and so forth. And it's so working with them just to understand who they are, their values, who they they stand for as a person, where they want to go and work with uh, others and, and and other organizations and who they want to help going forward. It has been light bulb moments for some of them that they've realized it and they've gone off to go and do some really great things. Mm. And, you know, the um, one in particular I can think of right now, it sent me a message the other day, so excited that they've just been promoted to a global role. And she's gone and said, you know, I I hope I can do the job. And I'm like, you know, and I know that you have the skill set to do this. You've got the experience to do it. Yes, it's going to be a challenge for you. But then let's step back and think about you. When do you shine the most? When do you show yourself to be the best that you are? And she came back and said, ah, when I'm being challenged or when there's a situation whereby I know I need to step up. And I'm like, where do you go? So you've been given the platform. Now you just need to go and do it. And this is something we've been talking about for a while. And this is something that you've been preparing for a while. And you're now ready to go and, and execute. And so let's go ahead and do it. And so um, I'm upset to to meet her just to see how things are going. And I, I know already that she'll be doing really, really well. So um, I've got to say, Jody, that working with women as leaders and seeing what they can do and helping them get there is one of the best joys I've had in life of working with people around leadership. I I, I just I'm like a kid in a candy store. I can't get yeah. enough of it. I think it's it's just fantastic.
0: I'm right there with you Dennis and I think part of the joy that we have around training and development and why it lights us up so much is yes, like initially someone might just get an aha moment like oh, oh, I've noticed I, you know, have done things this way Now I'm seeing it a little bit differently. When I go back, I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to have conversations. I'm going to do it a little bit differently. And you and I both know like that's just the beginning, like that's just the little seed, like germinating underneath in the soil. But what you and I both know is like that will have a ripple effect. There Mm -hmm. will be immediate benefits that this person will be overjoyed by. Right. The relationship improved. Work got better. The team started performing well. I felt more confident as a leader. And to them, they're like, I got my money's worth. This is great. But you and I know, oh, that's only the beginning because this will have a ripple effect. It will now go into their home life, into their health, into their spiritual awareness, into all of the relationships in their life. And that's why, you know, it's a year or two later that the person will then come back and be like, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. You're not going to believe what has changed in my life. And I'm eternally grateful because you and I know like, yes, we had that immediate impact and we may have even been able to work one-on-one with some of these clients for like months or a year or so, but then it just keeps on going and it keeps on going. And that's why I'm going to say, Dennis, you and I have some of the coolest jobs on the planet because we get to do this work. Not to say like, other leaders, it is challenging it sometimes. We have to bring our best selves forward. We have to work on our own leadership all the time. but being able to be witness to such transformation in people's lives is like you can't ask for anything better. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dennis, we're gonna bring it home. So your podcast is called "Leadership is Changing. right? So where do you see the focus of training and development for women? going in the future?
1: Yeah, good question. I think that uh, it has to be around more about leading in this disruptive world because we know one thing that is constant in the world is change. And it's just going to keep going. And as we have more and more technology, it's just going to get faster. So how can we be equipped to be able to lead in that kind of environment that's always changing, that ambiguity, that unfamiliar side of things? I think that the quote or the statement of, Get comfortable, be comfortable with the uncomfortable, I think is just the the what, the what great thing that we need to do. And if we can help more women leaders become comfortable with the uncomfortable and lead that, I think that's going to be great. The other thing would be around their executive leadership presence and helping that. But the other one would be the accountability slash ownership. I think if they can own it, whatever that means to them, own their the changes happening in their organization, own their own career progression, own it, not just talk about it but actually own it and actually do something with it i think is really important the other one would be for them to think bigger um i think the the imposter imposter syndrome sometimes or our limited thinking actually holds us back sometimes think bigger and um why can't you go for that bigger role we deserve we get the leisure that we deserve right and so um they deserve that if they've they've they worked for it and that why not they they deserve it the other one would be, the, the final thing I would say here is for them to be world class in whatever they do and get really good at what they do. One of those biggest aspects of being world class is around um, two things, around executive excellence and personal well-being. Become match fit in whatever you're doing. For a lot of us, we are sitting at our desk day in and day out. And I'm going to say this to, to to your listeners is get out from the desk go and do some activity, some exercise become match fit. why? because then you can bring your a game to the table. you're going to have a better presence, better confidence you're going to feel better if you're a lot what we call match fit. in other words, can you go out and play that tennis match or can you go out and do what you want to do? can you go out and do dancing for three or four hours because you're match fit and if you can be match fit, As a corporate athlete, as a person who's out there, then you can lead better. You can lead stronger. And a lot of things won't phase you. Even though there'll be things being thrown at you, you're going to be in a better position to be able to handle it if you are match fit by doing things like exercise and so forth. I think it's really huge. And so to be world-class in whatever you do, you need to do certain things that I just talked about. And I think that um, I would love to see your listeners, Jody, and seeing their success stories coming through about what they've gone and done and how they're achieving really well would be yeah,
0: fantastic. Yeah, 100%, Dennis. And what's standing out to me, a couple of things. And the match fit, oh my God, so many benefits of exercise. I could probably find an article that I could share in the show notes to just let people know oxygenating the brain yep. does wonders for your health, your happiness, your well-being overall, and your ability to think executive functioning, creativity, innovation, all of that good stuff. And I especially heard in what you said for women was um, I'm going to underscore it: is that sense of uh, living in the unknown and the mm-hmm. ambiguity, right? Getting comfortable with that. Like we cannot be certain Of anything. And sometimes you're just going to have to do your best, rely on your team, have great relationships with your team and make the best decision going forward, being okay with that, which then to me was went hand in hand with think bigger. Don't wait for things to be perfect. I think that's what can hold women back. I mean, we've heard the studies of women won't apply for the position unless they meet all of the qualifications or at least 80 and a hundred percent of the qualifications. Whereas men, it'll be like 40, you know, they're comfortable with that, you know, and the example you gave of your client, who's like, Oh my God, this role, I don't know if I could take it on. And it's like, you can, you know, you'll, you don't know and you'll figure it out. You'll do that. So, Absolutely. hundred percent, Dennis. I completely agree. These are the things that women, like what a great list. And for those of you who are listening, rewind about four or five mis- minutes, listen to that list again. That is gold. These are the things to work on and find out how you can build your muscle more in these areas. Dennis, I treasure you. And I know other people are going to want to find out more about you. So where is the best place for everyone to connect with you?
1: Um, well, they can check out uh, the podcast. Leadership is changing. So feel free to go ahead and do that. Uh, leadership is changing. Um, my website, leadingchangepartners.com. And of course, LinkedIn. Um, and uh, we've got a LinkedIn page and a Facebook group as well around leadership is changing. But uh, yeah, check out the podcast. Love to love to get your thoughts on the, on the podcast. Um, so it would be great.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome, Dennis. And for those of you who are listening, I know you're often on the run, you're in the car, you're on the go. You can find all the links and resources that Dennis shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com forward slash actually... I'm going to put Dennis Giannuzis, but for those of you, you could probably the safest bet is to just go to the search bar and put in Dennis, D-E-N-I-S. He's the only Dennis that has been on the Women Taking the Lead podcast. So his show show notes page will pop right to the top. And Dennis, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you.
1: Jody, thank you for having me on as a guest, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, all the best to you and to your listeners, and uh, as I said before, look forward to hearing all your success stories. Go out there, own it, and, and have fun.
0: Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead, and to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.